Hello, and welcome to another episode of Half Court and Midrange. I believe it's uh, episode 16 here. Joining us today is Andrew Morissette, who was our guest host last uh, episode. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess it was a it was a nice episode. We had a we had a whole bunch of views, didn't we, Court? Yeah, um, views, listens. Uh, sometimes they call it in the industry. Uh, had about fifty four, fifty two of which came in November, two of which came in December. It's January it now. Th- it was more of a Thanksgiving pod. Yeah, it was very Thanksgiving heavy. Um, I think I kind of blame Andrew for that. He kind of made it a yeah. little Thanksgiving heavy. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of blaming Andrew, you know, I feel like um, all that, all those clicks kind of got to his head. You know, those clicks did get to his head. Um, yeah, he he kind of spun off his own little uh, yeah. you know thing for a little bit there. Yeah. It was weird. We just thought it was like a chill podcast, and then he reached out making demands about kind of creative i don't know you know he just we we, we have a free-flowing thing going here it seemed like he wanted to really switch it up and we were like well yeah i don't know i just i yeah it was it was he was a really nice guest host i just you know i don't know if we we're i don't know if i was ready to just give up the reins you know mm. i thought it was i thought it was important to keep it a collaborative process yeah it yeah. is important to keep it collaborative we've gotten some new equipment since last time oh yes we have this uh focus right yeah scarlet 18i20 which is pretty big time it has uh it has eight inputs eight now. inputs and so we were going to use one of those inputs on this episode for oh uh, a call in yeah we were yeah. going to connect in our phone uh i think uh ben foster yeah, he said he was going to call in, but we and we waited 15 minutes for him to call in, but yeah, it's really um it's kind of a bummer. We yeah. were hoping, you know, he he would kind of stick to his word there and call in. Yeah. Um you know, we might think twice about uh accepting that sort of in, uh, invite next time from him. Yeah. yeah. Or I extending I'm, that invite. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, all right, so that we're done uh, with the throw in shade section of our podcast. Ray, you are familiar with like the we'll term throw in shade, right? I am. I am. Okay. Um, I like it. What do you? How do you feel about it? Um, I feel okay about it. Michael uh, Mahoney didn't know what it was, ah. uh, which was kind of. And then I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I shamed him, but I was kind of like incredulous that you, he didn't know what it was and it made him feel bad. And then I felt really bad. It sounds like you threw some shade at him. I did throw a little shade at him. Um, yeah, we, you just gotta, you gotta make sure if somebody doesn't know something, it's not, um, a cause for like incredulity. Yeah. It's uh, a cause for joy cause they got to learn a new thing that day. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think, I think there's a lot of things that happen on the internet and if you don't pay too much attention to the internet, which I think Michael probably prides himself on, mm. um, or not, not necessarily prides himself, but maybe it's a value of him to not spend too much time on the internet, right? Uh, then you just might miss these kinds of things, you know? Because I think I know it because somebody will tweet and they'll be like, "Hillary's throwing shade at Bill," or you know, and like just you, they catch somebody looking at somebody funny, or right, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I get that." Yeah, I would estimate that like 99% of the things I know, I probably learned it on the internet too. 
How are the Sixers doing? The Sixers, uh, the Sixers are doing excellent. In 2017, they are nine and four. Um, what which, winning percentage is that? <laughs> uh, about seventy percent, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, nice. And uh, and yeah, it's great. This is a. Uh, I think most of our listeners will be familiar because uh, we talk about the Sixers almost on every single episode. They've been pretty bad the last couple of years. Uh, on average, probably out of 13 games in the last couple of years, they've won two or three. Um, on average, out of 82 games, how many were they winning? I think probably like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I should probably know. They won 10 games last season, right? Yeah. The other ones, they've been... Last year was the only year they were actually the worst team. The other two years before that, they were the third worst team. And I think they had more in the 15 to like 18, 19 win range. So. That's pretty incredible that they won. They've won nine games in January, yes. which is as many as they won. Not as many. It's one less than it as they won all of last year. Yes. How and does they, it feel and they for lost, you? They just lost to the Celtics by a couple points, and they just lost to the Rockets last night by a couple points, which basically, uh, actually, I guess they ended up losing to the Rockets by more, like more like ten points, but they were close at the end, um, which sort of feels like a win in Sixers. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. You've got that thing where it's like um, in casinos they use this to get people addicted to slot machines. They like whenever you don't get the jackpot, they'll show like two of the jackpot across the Uh, row and like the other one is just there. And in people who get addicted to gambling, like that gives the same dopamine reaction for them as like an actual win would. Um, So they get like super psyched about like putting more money into the slot machine. Interesting. So... I think that you're you've kind of conditioned yourself now to to the Sixers are kind of like a slot machine. They yeah. kind of like inconsistent payoffs and so now yeah. I think probably previously like when they were winning less like when they would have a close game that was like a win in your mind. Yes. And you would absolutely. get sort of like you would get psyched about a close loss. Absolutely. And you probably have yet to adjust to like treating yeah, close losses as like actual losses. Yes. Yes, and there was a, we actually had a particularly bad habit before when we were in close games of just failing miserably at the end, um, not on purpose. It's just like... Cause mm, we not had, on purpose, you say. <laughs> um, but really, it was just really inexperienced players that would just make really dumb mistakes at the end of the game, and uh, certain certain skills are more important at the end of the game um, that we lack, and so... Um, Anyhow, it is weird now. We're actually winning close games, and so uh, it's it's th- yeah. Lots of the things that we were conditioned to to expect are now changing, and it is it is weird to adjust to that. Um, Speaking so. of Sixers players with a little bit of inexperience, you all have a pretty exciting rookie on the team. Uh, who... Timothy Luawu Cabarro? <laughs> Not him. I mean. Dario, Dario Sharich. <laughs> uh, de- depending on your definition of exciting and your excitement for uh, Croatians, yeah, it could be him. Uh, you you know who I was talking about. We've discussed him before. I think uh, you're talking about. Give me one more rookie that's not not Joel Embiid. Come on, Ben Simmons. All right. Well, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons later, but. We're gonna give a little update on Joel Embiid and his quest for his his crush to uh, 
like him back what was the the twitter thing if he got voted to the nba all-star game his crush he would get the attention of his crush he would yeah so joel joel hans Embiid, also known as the process um he uh he has a pretty excellent social media presence um i would say in a general note most of the things most of the things that come through my social media feeds make me sad and i think they're also kind of real and important like news in the world um but that's interesting i would categorize well i i guess now maybe there's a little bit more real stuff but i would categorize like most of the things in my social media feeds as as making me sad and fake <laughs> and unimportant yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think yeah I, I guess i guess yeah i guess most of the things in my feed are responses to real things um yeah yeah, yeah that, versus um, yeah. they're more serious matters than joel and beads uh take on yes his potential all-star candidacy yeah all that is yeah all that to say one of one of the things that does bring me joy is his uh social media feed he is uh, funny and lighthearted, and so he's made uh, lots of lots of jokes throughout the years um, a couple of years ago, he was tweeting at Rihanna um, and basically asking her out. He would send pictures with like his, like her face cropped in or his face cropped in next to her. Um, and I think he asked her to slide into his DMs, um, in his to, into his direct messages. Um, I, yeah, I've, which I'm I think familiar is with the term. It um, is a little suggestive. Have yeah. you ever, have you ever slid into anyone's DMs or had that happen to you? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think the, I think actually I've, I think I met, I think I've messaged you on Twitter. I think, and I don't know if that's a direct message or not. Mm. But if if I've slid into DMs, I think I've probably only slid into your DMs. <laughs> so I don't know what that says. Um, I'm honored. But uh. Yeah, not in a romantic context. Um, anyhow, way back in the day, he said that uh, he was told to, uh, by Rihanna or maybe someone else to come back and to ask them out when he was an all-star. And, and this was when he was injured and not playing. And now he's playing really well. And most of the people around the league are talking about him and excited about him. People are writing articles and he's putting up crazy stats for a rookie and um he's just this kind of electric personality um and so now it's like realistically he was really close to making the all-star team he waged a uh really aggressive uh all-star campaign um that had some really nice tricks to it um and uh he ultimately fell short unfortunately i'm um what, what were some of these really nice tricks uh so one uh, one thing is he he made it look like Donald Trump had tweeted a vote for him. One of the ways you could vote was through tweet through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made it look like Donald Trump had tweeted a vote for him, and that he was retweeting it. And he was like, "Wow, yikes!" Um, <laughs> yes, uh, and that got a lot of uh, retweets. Um, what else? In response to not getting in, he said, uh, "He said, 
again that the popular vote didn't matter because he had more votes than most of the player a lot of the players that did get in more um, fan votes more fan votes yeah he had he was like fourth maybe or fifth i think he was fourth in terms of east forwards and centers okay um so that would certainly be on the team if it was just by that um i'm kind of forgetting some of the other things that he did um but it was good it was yeah it was just lots of lots of good lighthearted stuff um anyhow he missed it that's a bummer um but he's still playing excellent basketball he's been healthy uh and he's uh he's a joy to watch i love watching Joel Embiid play basketball yeah he blocked he blocked james harden he had a chase down block on james He's been really good at offense and defense, but I think the things that he does defensively are more incredible. He had a chase down block on James Harden, one of the best scorers, one of the best interior uh, scorers for a guard in the league, and he just chased him down and blocked him from behind in a move you just do not see seven foot two guys making. And um, yeah, he's a he's a just incredible basketball player not so good in the clutch though huh when he did shoot that three and he got blocked by Nene. he did miraculously get blocked by Nene. i don't know how that happened but Nene uh, read it man he yeah knew. probably dribbling back to the three-point line and, and taking a step back jumper is like not in his uh in his uh skill set right now but maybe maybe he can get there yeah i mean the the release point is there it just i mean it probably took like the exact perfect read by nene to get it it was just he knew that that he was going to take a three Mm -hmm. based on Mm -hmm. the situation Mm -hmm. and probably not the quickest release so far yeah but who knows maybe he'll be steph currying in in no time just pulling up real quick from way back way back beyond the arc oh another fun social media thing with him was that his favorite drink well he got there was this article that came out that trashed him when he was hurt and said he was like gaining a lot of weight. And one of the things that they cited was that he would go out at night and drink like a pitcher of Shirley temples, which is just kind of hilarious on a number of levels. And like one, like if your young player is going out and drinking a non-alcoholic beverage, like, and that's how they're like letting loose. That's probably not the end of the world. Um, and two, it's a pitcher of Shirley temples. Um, and, uh, one of the uh, Sixers blogger, writer guy, he said that uh, if Embiid made the All-Star game, uh, that he would get a, or if he was an All-Star starter, that he would get a, a tattoo of a Shirley Temple. Whoa. Um, yeah. Ever or just for this season? Oh, just for this season. Oh. Yeah. I think there's a decent chance this guy's going to, anyhow, that, oh, and that tweet had to get 8,000 retweets. That tweet, Joel Embiid retweeted it, um, and it got like 16,000 retweets, and he just missed it. So I I bet that guy's still going to get that tattoo. Also, he tweeted at Sam Hinkie, who like, Sam Hinkie, I think, has sent a total of 12 tweets. That might be exactly correct. It's either 12 or like 13 or 14. It's true. I referenced one of them in a game of Snickerdoodle, and you didn't know what I was talking about, and no one did. Repot it? No, wait. Starbucks and a Palo Alto. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh... (laughs) That was the one where it was like one, two, three, four, up to ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyhow, he tweeted at Sam Hinkie about giving him a vote, and he got a vote from him. And of course, people, all of the Sixers fans, get really excited when Sam Hinkie tweets. So, wow, it's a good move. Um, 
the, uh, I will. This is a good opportunity to announce that if we get more than a hundred listens on this podcast, oh, Ray sh- is going to get a tattoo of a Shirley Temple on his uh, on his chest. So I have. Uh, I've not agreed to this. Um, I think we could come up with some. We could come up with something like that. Um, Do you think we should aim higher than a hundred listens? Yeah, I think we need. Yeah, I think we need to strategize. Maybe uh, we could cast some. Maybe we get some ideas from the listeners, both on what the thing that we would have to do would be, and like what what, what threshold we okay. would have to achieve to reach it. Sure. So you have to pick which part of Ray's body is going to get which tattoo for a hundred for a hundred listens. <laughs> Ray has um, graciously volunteered his body for this podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a. This remains to be seen. Um, I maybe want to confer with Seaver. I want to. Yeah, I want to. I want to. You know, Seaver doesn't have any tattoos. He's I think my you life should coach t- on this one. You should confer with somebody who has a tattoo, like Joel Sherman. Oh, uh, Joel. He's got a cool tattoo. Yeah, yeah, uh, he does. It's on his. Uh, I think I'd rather blade. get a tattoo of Joel Sherman than of Shirley Temple. I would, yeah. You could get a picture of Joel Sherman drinking a pitcher of Shirley Temple's. <laughs> it's kind of like a tongue twister. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, You're not on Instagram, are you? Uh, I'm not. I'm okay. Not. Well, full confession here. When you were watching that Sixers game last night at the you Pelican Stadium, I put a picture of you watching. Get me off the internet. And it got a lot of comments on it. Oh, yeah. By a lot, I mean two. The first comment, <laughs> I'm going to read it here. Is it's it from, from your mom? It's not from my mom. <laughs> similar, Hi, to, Laura. similar to my mom, uh, the username is Sammy Stalkup. I don't know who that is. And it says, I can see the subtle happiness on Ray's face. <laughs> uh, for context, this is a picture of Ray in the Pelican Stadium after the Pelicans game had ended. And he's at sort of the stadium bar and it's an empty stadium kind of behind him. And he's looking up at a uh, screen behind the bar, which is showing the Sixers game, which was still going on at the time. I think if there was a soundtrack to it, it would be closing time. Oh yeah. That'd be nice. By um, semi-sonic. I was going to say semi-sonic too. Yeah. But yeah, let's it's just say not, semi-sonic. Yeah. Cause we, we, I had a, I had a little throwback to three doors down due to their recent, <laughs> recent performances and also uh smash mouth because mm-hmm. they covered smash mouth in yeah. that performance yeah some real nostalgia there uh also a comment where is that it looks like an odd place which is true it's an odd place to watch a sixers game uh when the sixers aren't playing the pelican stadium the smoothie king center arena center arena i think it's arena it really it says smoothie king on it i can see it from the office anyway uh that's our social media update. Make sure yeah. to follow us on, uh, we don't have an account yet, but we're totally going to get on iTunes, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's kind of an empty promise, but uh, I'm it's working on it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> total Sorry lie. for the lies. Sorry. Sorry for all that. Um, I mean, um, yeah, we're going to make a web page. Cool. And we also, so we recently had a fantasy draft and we know how much people don't like listening to other people talk about yeah one of my favorite things in the world is to hear people talk about their fantasy teams (laughs) in leagues that i'm not a part of fortunately 
the other listeners of this the listeners of this podcast are the teams three through eight in place behind (laughs) ray and i who are number one and two yeah uh, in this fantasy league this fantasy league was special because it had a mid-season redraft yes um which is unusual there's not a whole lot of like built-in support for that in the espn app at least uh and there's also not kind of there was never quite a defined day on which it was happening it was kind of impromptu it's Uh, kind of the spirit of the league fast and loose you know yeah just go with it um so yeah we ended up but really came together kind of last minute we found a a new site fan tracks that ended up working out uh pretty well and we we did advertiser disclosure we are not sponsored by fan tracks or espn (laughs) or anyone only the saint uh we're only sponsored by pachamama's pantry uh (laughs) check them out uh their instagram is pachamama's pantry best elderberry syrup in town you can if you listen really closely you might hear some of their children running in the background uh check them out at the holly grove market in new orleans if you're ever in town yeah uh that concludes our sponsor time uh but yeah, the fantasy draft, uh, it was kind of last minute. We were redrafting. You could hold on to some keeper players, though. And the rule was you had to pay the original cost for the player uh, that you paid in the first auction. And you got to keep two of them. Yeah, and it's probably worth quickly saying in an auction draft, you get a budget of, in this case, $200. And then you have to get 15 players and you can... you bid on various players and and the for full context that is not 200 real dollars in this league's co- in situation yeah, 200 fake dollars i've played in a football league where it was 200 real dollars or it was still 200 fake dollars but it corresponded to 200 real dollars wow uh some and big, i yeah that was not my favorite way that i've spent 200 dollars. big bucks <laughs> um so yeah, it was a it was a fun it was a fun thing. It um I thought it was interesting because um basically what are what are really valuable to have for the redraft are players that you got in the first draft or you picked up off the waiver wire um that exceeded their value that you paid for them. because uh, the idea is if you paid a lot for a player, uh let's I don't wanna I guess I have to probably give an example of somebody. And just give an you, example of the if player. You paid, actually, no. You say if you paid like $60 for Stephen Curry or $65. So the most you're going to pay for a player is around $70 in these leagues. Maybe $75. Maybe $75. Gonna... <laughs> um, but if you paid $65 for Stephen Curry, who's one of the best players, and he does really well, but he's still basically worth $65, it doesn't really behoove you to keep him because you could just let him go and then buy you know bid up again to 65 dollars for him right with like i would say a slight caveat that like there will be more money available versus value because people have held on to their like more valuable players so it might be like more like 70 ish dollars well i actually i was Is kind that of right, anticipating or? that i think that i think that would be the case if more people had held lower value players but i think a lot of high value players like sorry expensive players were kept mm-hmm. um and so i think that is a possible like, i think actually that's probably how it should work um like i think there should have been more guys kept that were cheaper than 30 dollars mm-hmm. um but i don't think that happened as much in this league because right. i don't think that's how people like basically i got lebron for exactly what he went for in the in the first one right 
Um, so, yeah, and I got some people that maybe went for less than they went in the first one. It was also, I didn't, you know, I was actually attending a, a Mardi Gras crew meeting uh, yeah. where we were talking yeah, about our theme for our par- our parade, uh, which we spent about two hours talking about this theme, and then the captain of the crew sent an email two days later saying that we were not going to do that anymore and uh, with a completely different idea uh nice. after you know it was probably 12 people in this meeting i didn't really contribute at all because i'm new at it and and also felt like i didn't want to step on any of these like longer standing crew members like beliefs or whatever or like ideas of what we should be but it was also just sort of like uh splitting hairs about absurd like details of costumes that like don't matter yeah like it's like basically you just have to go out there and like wear a costume together and have fun like yeah and have it be kind of silly it's like if these super ridiculous the details as an attendee of the parade i will say that i give about one second of thought to each like crew that comes by sub crew that comes by to like think about what their their costume is no offense to these people it's i i obviously am super excited to be marching around in in one of these parades yeah Uh, it'll be fun Yes. And lighthearted, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Um. yeah. For those of you that aren't familiar, a standard like float is either is, is more or less like a one line joke that most of the time isn't even funny. And like sometimes <laughs> it is like kind of funny and you're like, Oh, that's cute. But like that's 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 the kind of gist of it. So And based on like I I checked a box on when I signed up for this, you have to pay dues to like pay for the parade permit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I signed up for this, I checked a box that said I was not allowed to like say our theme until oh, the wow. parade. Okay. And even though we like canceled this other theme, like I don't think I can talk about like what the like okay. failed thing was until after oh, Mardi my. Gras, sadly. Or after our parade, which rolls uh in two weekends from now. Um but it was pretty it was pretty silly okay um, well i think you did i think you did well in the draft uh, despite uh being distracted and not an ideal drafting position yeah it was it, for me it felt really nice cuz it was two kind of frivolous things yeah semi frivolous you know like not like it wasn't like one of the things was like working on something for work and it was like super important to get right or yeah. you know yeah. it was like and if I had spent like all day doing like that, I mean, I, to be honest, I would have been totally fine because that's normally what I do on a weekend day. It's like pretty silly stuff all day. But <laughs> I felt a little bit better about combining them up into one yeah, one like thing. Um, and I was I was glad to to participate there. The host of the crew was was very gracious with uh, sharing his internet password and. Uh, being supportive of me doing a fantasy draft during the meeting um, nice nice so yeah we just want to uh, i'd say again like i'll shout out ray for being in first place in this league uh, with you. a pretty commanding league lead thank you i'm feeling a uh, good feeling good about my position mm-hmm. um don't know if i had a particular strategy besides draft the players i thought were the best players okay the best value but it seems like it's working. Yeah. I think some other people probably had that strategy too and just yeah. might be in last place right now. <laughs> Who, wait, who's in last place now? Uh, I think it is uh, Ben Foster. Oh, darn. Yeah, that's yeah, a bummer for him. Well, 
he tried really hard. You can only he go up from there, right? I saw some, he had a lot of spreadsheets. He was sleeping yeah. in the UNC room of whatever it was, academic room. Yeah. He's winning in other ways. He's life hacking. He is life hacking a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he's killed more grizzly bears than I have. You, <laughs> he probably hasn't, <laughs> and I think we should make that clear because I think that's a, like a federal major federal crime. <laughs> so he ostensibly hasn't. He's also <laughs> probably seen more, but he loves grizzly bears and he means them no harm. Um. So yeah, most of the th- anything that we talk about on this podcast that's a federal crime is we have not done for clear for to be clear. Just a disclaimer. Another <laughs> yeah. disclaimer. Um. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, we've talked a little bit about fantasy. Yeah. Like we said, fantasy, not the most interesting thing. Let's go back to the the real life NBA here. There's been some big mellow trade rumors. Yeah. Uh, a... The first one I I saw was was the they were trying to trade him to the Cavaliers for Kevin Love, uh, which the Cavaliers were not interested in. Yeah, I think that one is interesting. Um, if I were the Knicks, I would definitely do that because they're not very good right now. Kevin Love is a little bit younger, um, so I think he projects to be better moving forward. And I think he's probably better. I think he's probably better right now, even though I think they're both probably overrated. Um, and it actually would sort of have made sense for the Cavs too because uh, Kevin Love. He's a really bad fit against the Warriors, and I think people are probably um, basically Kevin Love is really good at rebounding and he's good at shooting and he's he's actually he's pretty good at passing, um, but he's not as quick laterally. Um, he's not as good at defending guys, particularly on the perimeter. Um, Unlike Carmelo Anthony, who's well, that's what I'm, I'm going to get to that. Um, but so anyhow, when you play the Warriors, they have all these great shooters who are just running around the court, running through screens. Just being able to chase those guys and switch on pick and roll is important, and Kevin Love's like pretty bad at that. Carmelo Anthony is also bad at that, but I think, I think part of that is because he just doesn't really try on the defensive end a lot of the time. But I think he probably has more like physical ability to stay in front of lots of the Warriors' wings that he would switch on. Um, he's also a worse rebounder, which is important. Um, and his his offensive game tends to be more like he needs the ball, but in international play, when he's played on Team USA, he has been able to succeed as more of an off-ball player, and he can shoot. So, anyhow, I actually think it could sort of make sense for the Cavs, but I also understand it, it would probably make them worse in the future because Love's younger and Melo's, you know, on the downswing. So And kind of dramatic. Yeah um the crazier one was this like clippers trade discussions that they've had yeah and honestly i don't all i know is that it didn't involve the the clippers have a couple of very good players blake griffin deandre jordan chris paul and to a extent jj reddick he's still really good but not as good as those other guys um and basically outside of that they don't have very many good players at all and the ones that are okay are probably paid what they should make or more than they should make. And they also have no draft picks. Anyhow, the rumor was that Carmelo was going to get traded to them for not any of the best players. And I have no idea what the Clippers would have sent back. So it didn't really make any sense to me. And that was why there needed to be a third team 
to give good players to the Knicks. It was normally, really unclear. Yeah, normally when they say there's a third team, like both teams have something <laughs> to give <laughs> and they need someone to kind of grease the wheels. And so it'd be like it would be like Mello would go to the Clippers and they would have like maybe they would send a good draft pick to the Knicks or like a decent young player or something like that or multiple decent players. And then like a team like the Sixers would absorb salary from like the Clippers or the Knicks just to make it work and they would get like a second round pick or something. But it doesn't make any sense when the Clippers don't have anything. Yeah, there are no trade. wheels to be greased here, yeah, right? <laughs> this is just yeah, this is uh yeah. That's uh, the great thing about the NBA. Even if there's one team that's like really crushing it, like the Warriors, there's still 29 other teams. I mean, granted, there's other teams that can give the Warriors a little bit of a run for their money, but like, there's still all these teams out here that are trying to do their thing. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, I think that I think it's the Cavs have been playing poorly lately, and LeBron's been um, expressing his discontent about the players, which is kind of funny because it seems like he picks a lot of these players that are older and not good um, to be on the team. Anyhow, um, uh, I think actually in the East, it it was kind of, it has been thought that the Warriors and the Cavs are just going to go to the finals. I, I more or less think that's the case with the Warriors, but the Cavs, if they don't start playing better, uh, that could be a concern. And LeBron's playing like 40, 40 plus minutes a lot of night. So if Oof. he wears down, that could be a bad, bad thing for them in the playoffs because he needs to, be able to carry them so plus there could be some upstart young team in the sixes of the bracket there sixes like the bucks with malcolm brogdon wahoo wah uh <laughs> all right so uh Mello. well how do you how do you feel about the mellow trade as a as a nominal knicks fan yeah i'm an i'm nominally a knicks pelicans and spurs fan uh i have the most spurs gear I have a little bit of Knicks gear. I have a shirt that says, we, now, us. I, what does it say exactly? It just has a bunch of words like inspiring like unity in the current moment. Okay. And uh, my neighbor who is six years old uh, and likes the Warriors named Ailey, uh, he asked me why the shirt said what it said. And I just couldn't answer him. <laughs> like I was like, I, it's about the Knicks who's, who are the basketball team from New York and I got it at a game and it's supposed to mean like they're together now and trying to win the game. It was pretty unclear. Anyway, I have a Knicks shirt. Uh, I have a lot of Spurs gear and I live in New Orleans. So those are my, those are my teams. As far as the Knicks go, uh, I don't want them to trade mellow because Greg Seaver is the true Knicks fan. Mm, Yeah. My former roommate and I still play on a soccer team with him and, uh, my nickname for him in soccer is mellow because mm. greg uh has this smooth needed he has a needed strategy where he'll kind of like dribble the ball like most of our team is like built on like passing and stuff but there's occasion in this like five on five league where you really need someone just to like go one-on-one on the player against uh, in front of them and greg will do that sometimes and sort of just like drive somebody like mellow and then like rip a shot uh which is some like much needed selfishness is kind of the wrong word for greg but some some much needed iso play and so my nickname is is mellow he's bringing that winning culture uh much much to his chagrin i don't think he likes the nickname um but if the knicks traded mellow then that couldn't be um that couldn't be his nickname anymore you'd have to be kuzminkus yeah uh 
who is a Lithuanian player. Yeah. Not Latvian. Yeah. Yeah. Turn in, I guess I could call him D Rose or something. Yikes. Yeah. Don't want to go there. Yeah. Noah. Although I've already I said I think actually what the biggest uh the biggest advantage of I, I if, if I was a Knicks fan, I would probably be rooting for Carmelo to go away. Mainly because right now like Chris Stapps isn't getting the ball. Like yeah. just Rose and Mello are dominating the ball and you know, it doesn't really matter what happens this year, but they need Chris Stapps like get like develop yeah he needs to be the guy yeah Uh, because he is how much younger than mel a lot younger a Uh, lot he's like probably 20 or something yeah and And mel is 30 something i think mel is like one year older than lebron yeah he's probably 32 yeah um so uh all right we're Um, closer to mel's age than to Kristaps age man it's a downhill from us. We've both turned 30 since the last time we recorded a podcast. Is that right? When was Andrew here? Uh, It was it was like right around the election, wasn't it? Was oh, yeah. Right so, before. yeah, before our birthdays. Yeah. Uh, th- you might have noticed that we sound more mature on this podcast. Yeah, we've, it's we've we're had both, a major life change. We're both in, 30 years old. in our fourth decade. Yeah. The, the very beginning of it. Um, And we also both went to the Pelicans game. Uh, on last night, which was Friday Pelicans. night, they defeated the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, you want to give like a quick little update about how we're feeling about the hometown team here? Yeah, they're uh, they're they're hard to get a grip on. They 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 play. They overall they've not played that well this season. Um, Anthony Davis has been phenomenal, uh, certainly in terms of statistics. Um, they. So for the at the beginning of the season, Anthony Davis was playing power forward. Uh, so he was uh, there was two big guys on the court with uh, him and another one. And more recently, he's been playing center, and that has uh, corresponded to them playing a lot better. Uh, they have more shooting on the floor, and they're just like more athletic. And kind of in today's NBA, it makes more sense. It's also hard because then Anthony Davis has to bang down low with all the biggest guys, which can be tiring and lead to injury. Um, but uh, but yeah, they've been playing better over the last few weeks, and they beat um, they just beat the Spurs, and then they lost OKC. They, they lost beat OKC. the Cavaliers. They beat the Cavaliers, and they had the, an incredibly bad game against the Nets, and allowed the Nets to score one hundred and forty three points on them. Yeah, and the Nets are the worst team in the league. Pretty, especially now that Joe Harris is injured. <laughs> especially now that Joe Harris is injured. Um, and so, yeah, it's hard to say what, um, it's hard to get a, a read on them. I think the, the kind of the bottom of the West has been pretty bad. So if they get on a little roll here, then they could be right in playoff position, which would be exciting. Although they would definitely just get their butts kicked by the Warriors in the first round if they actually make it. Um, but, uh, honestly, probably what's best for them is to lose and get a draft pick and, Hopefully they get another good young player to play with Andy Davis, but you know, yeah, that's the cans. What you, how how are you feeling about the cans? Yeah, I mean, I think for just like general excitement about the team, I'd probably prefer them to make that like eight slot and play against the Warriors. I know there was like when they were like making the playoffs, not last year, but the year before. I went to the like game where they like played again. It was the second to last regular season game for them, and mm-hmm. they were like 
um, really close with the injured Thunder for that final spot, and they really needed a win, but they were playing the Warriors, so it was tough. And I was at, at the game thanks to Omer Ashik <laughs> oh, donating man. his tickets to a mentoring organization that I was part of. Uh, anyway, the atmosphere, that was the one game I've been there where the atmosphere was like, people were really into it. Yeah. Which is kind of sad because, like, they, you know, they have Anthony Davis, who's really, really good. And, like, um, I've been I've been to many games at, at John Paul Jones Arena, never at U-Haul, but at John Paul Jones Arena where UVA plays, where it's been, like, a good atmosphere for a game where kind of, like, the entire building is really into it and, and making some noise. And only one of the games that I've been to for the Pelicans has been the case, and that was that game against the Warriors. And they ended up just barely squeaking by the Warriors, and it helped them get into the playoffs, which people were really, like, excited about. Then they did end up getting beat you know swept by the warriors in that playoff series but they did have one game where they like probably should have won i don't know like if they got in and they even if they went like one and four and lost to them i feel like it would at least like feel like a little positivity behind it and i don't know i feel like if they they can't like tank i guess it's the lottery so anything can happen but i feel like they can't tank bad enough where it's like they're really gonna get like up in that top area yeah i think they'd i think davis would probably have to not play for them right. to do that and um, then that just if he's not playing that would just make me feel bad about his chances of being like sort of a non-injured yeah. player for yeah. the rest of his career yeah like, i think if it comes down to the final 10 games they can and they could like rest him or something there might be a move there but yeah um but yeah i i agree i i uh went to the warriors game um and that was there was a lot of energy, and they played really well against the Warriors. Ended up losing, um, but there was a ton of people there, and folks were really excited, and just like it was loud, and it came down to the wire. And yeah, it would be fun to have more basketball like that around. And um, yeah, it would be a good thing. I think yeah, it would be interesting to see if they actually real, maintain a competitive team. How the city would kind of respond. I haven't gathered so far that this is much of a basketball city, but um no people really love the saints that's for sure yeah yeah and they're a little there are there's some pockets of people who are really into the pelicans but it seems like people are just more into basketball maybe like people are like oh cool i like the bulls or i like the, yeah. the warriors now or i like the uh i don't know cavaliers or heat or whatever whoever Le- yeah lebron happens to be on yeah i think all that's right um and I think another good news for them, like Buddy Hill's been playing well. He's their rookie this year, and Solomon Hill. I think he's he's looked pretty good recently. And um, yeah, they're, they're kind of shaping out into like a real looking basketball team. So um, we'll see. I guess the go. big decision is on Drew, but that's probably an issue for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Their their point guard is a free agent in the year. I think they'll try to bring him back, and they'll probably pay him. A bunch of money if he want if he wants to stay here so yeah um and he's still pretty young it's weird he's been in the league for a while but he's only like 26 so right yeah um he feels like he's more like 30 so he's a mature guy he's got some good basketball ahead of him if he stays healthy yeah um all right i don't do it i'll since we shouted out uva before we did the the joe harris uh malcolm brogdon has has played admirably uh <laughs> The, the Bucks have had a, a few injuries, and so he's kind of been thrust into the starting lineup. I would hardly say he's uh, solidified a spot in the starting lineup, but I would say he is, has 
done well having having been thrust into that starting lineup. Look at a lot Probably of thrusting going on over Mount a lot Brogdon. of thrusting with Brogdon. Um, uh, how do you uh, how do you project? What do you see his NBA future being, Malcolm Brogdon? Uh, I uh, probably an All Star, and he's probably going to date Rihanna. Uh, so you so. think he's going <laughs> to intercept those DMs? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna slide. He's gonna thrust right into everybody's DMs. This is the, the I guess maybe we're not so mature after all. This is kind of back to the old half court and mid range. The part where you're uh, like, yeah. oh shoot, better pre- edit that one out. Uh, yeah, pre Morissette. He tried to get us to be more on topic. Uh, yeah, he's 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 played nice. He has shot particularly well, in my opinion, uh, for like what I remember. This is all sort of like based on anecdotal, but like I I watched a lot of him while he was at UVA, and he was always like a solid but not spectacular shooter, and like he seemed like one of those guys who didn't have that super deep range either. Like he was had that real nice like mid range game in college. And so like, I'm kind of surprised with the NBA three that he's like hit the percentage he's hit. Um, but I think it helps a lot. The fact that he's not the the main guy by any means, like when he was at UVA, that people were really focusing on him versus like on the bucks. There's plenty to worry about yeah. uh, besides him as someone who, didn't watch him at all in college, but listened to a lot of scouts talk about him leading up to the draft last year. Your assessment aligns with a lot of what they were saying, that he was like a solid shooter, but they didn't know if his range was really going to stretch out to three. Yeah. And I think I think he just has a lot more effort in his shot. Um, and maybe yeah. it's a little bit flatter. Uh, and so so I think there are still some concerns about whether he's going to be able to maintain this, this percentage and efficiency. But he's playing great, so good for him and he's he's solid he's a he's a bigger even though he's not like super tall he's like he's got some solid mass to him so he can kind of kick it there you know yeah uh so he's been doing the best out of all the uva guys joe harris uh had some interesting articles written about him uh he's been shooting okay he plays for the nets though and the nets are someone wrote an article about him oh wait he was at the top of that article oh right that one yeah I think the phrase was uh, injured or bro- broken little doe, something like injured fawn or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Zach Zach Lowe is like one of the one of my favorite basketball writers, and I clicked on his article. I'm always excited to read it. And the first two words I see are Joe Harris. I'm like, this can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> so Take the that, editor Ray. must have screwed this up. <laughs> I don't. Do know. you have a ranking of? uva nba players in my mind yeah yeah and and brogdon is at at the top right now but not just in terms of qual like in terms of your oh in terms of like who i like the most yeah i mean brogdon is hard to argue with that dude was like you know he he graduated and then was doing that like public policy thing uh Mm. as as a grad student yeah yeah okay. the like that one year thing you know what i'm okay. talking about yeah i do and it's talking about like starting a non-profit and stuff and like okay he had a couple of nicknames like president brogdon and mm. then humble moses uh <laughs> which are both just sweet nicknames and he seems like a really like you know he's he's uh smart and just like a cool dude joe harris is like a little bit more of a goofball he's kind of more of a bro uh He's from Chelan, Washington. I always say that wrong, so I'm not sure if I'm saying it wrong now, but my friends from Washington make fun of me when I say it. Uh, Mike Scott. I, I'd say 
Yeah, probably Brogdon, Mike, and Joe are are tied there. I like Justin too. Justin Anderson plays for mm. the Mavs. He's, I would still be excited if the if the Sixers could get 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 Justin. He yeah, he's just like I don't know. Something weird is going. The Mavs are and you know they're not doing great. Yeah, he uh, just he is the he is the kind of if he works out, he just fits in with the, what what people what teams need in the NBA. He's it if he just. Yeah, he has the athleticism. He has the best athleticism, and like, and he can, he can shoot. Like, I mean, all those guys can shoot, actually. Like, yeah. Um, which leads me to like the UVA update. I'm not going to go too much into it. I recommend uh, ACC Basketball Degenerates. Uh, it's another podcast. Doesn't have as many listeners as us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're an upcoming podcast. They're up and coming. Yeah, give them a listen. They can give you the UVA update. UVA right now doesn't have any like real um, NBA projected guys. Their best player is this guy London Parentes, uh, who is also a good shooter, but really doesn't have the the athletic or body sort of for the NBA. Um, he has, yeah, he does have some sweet like basketball knowledge when he's out there in college there, but um, yeah, it's maybe he can follow the TJ McConnell route. Yeah, you never know. And like people, yeah. it seemed like Brogdon for a while, people were like not as excited. They were like, yeah, he doesn't quite have the quickness or whatever to be NBA. And then like he was like, as the workouts went, they were like, oh, yeah, no, he's going to be like late first round, early second round. And so who knows how London will go. And then some of their younger guys, I don't know. I would say Diakite, keep an eye on him. He's fallen off a little bit recently, but he has sort of like, uh, he has long arms and has some interesting like defensive abilities he'll block a lot of shots and you know could learn a little bit of an offensive game and could be a guy that that might be able to make it still a little bit of size issue but uh, as far as nba shots go that's that austin nichols was our guy who had transferred from memphis and he got kicked off the team because he did cocaine or whatever uh he was being talked about in the second round if he had left after his junior season which has been no longer uh, so there's not a whole lot of read on him. I think he played for two games and against not particularly outstanding teams uh, with UVA. So um, Man. I w- we wish him the best on the rest of his basketball journey, wherever he goes. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. the UVA thing. All right. I and think, and and we're kind of wrapping things up here, but we had a special segment for the listeners yeah. here. Yeah, inspired by the uh, Rising Stars Challenge that's going to happen NBA All Star Weekend um, here in New Orleans, that that uh, includes first and second year NBA players. Um, we decided to flip the script a little bit, and there's been a lot of talk in general about the All Star Game. Um, we probably don't have any original thoughts to add to that conversation, but we thought that we could create falling stars teams. Um, to really, you know, look on the other side of things at, at stars uh, who, who either once were uh, kind of at the peak of the NBA or even they kind of had star potential, like maybe in high school or in college. They were, um, yeah, they were they were thought of to be kind of these great players or could become great players. Or maybe even if they just like really had a, a special NBA moment. You or know? maybe like they played in college. <laughs> maybe they played I don't in know. college. My, I'm start after you're saying these these criteria. My my players, some of them, 
you know we're we're kind of yeah we're running fast and loose with this one like we said you know half court mid range um Sands but they have so. yeah or have had uh, so a lot of my guys have had some moments yeah that's for yeah sure. they had, yeah a moment but maybe yeah maybe just maybe highlighting the other side of things maybe highlighting that uh you know the people that don't become all stars they they stick around sometime and they're still worth thinking about yeah so on that note, Court, we're gonna each pick five players. Yeah. Um, and then the listeners will get to decide whose team is blank superlative. The listeners get to create their own metrics by which to rank our teams, uh, considering the subjective metric of falling stars, uh, and that you can contact us and determine uh which of our two teams best represents falling stars challenge 2017 yes uh to determine first pick i have a bag here of 200 woodpeckers wooden circles uh which were part of what i was required to buy for my mardi gras crew because we're going to stamp them uh and toss them out at a parade and so we can flip we can flip one of these uh, to see who goes first. Unfortunately, they don't have anything on them right now, so it's kind of hard to tell which uh, one is which. Maybe we want to do another thing to determine first pick. Uh, younger player goes first, perhaps. Um, yeah, that sounds great. That's not, well, we already, yeah, we, let's yeah, we can do that. Um, so you, you know, yeah. Um, all right, I for my first pick, I am going to choose. At shooting guard, Vince Carter, who I I think uh, fits my idea the most. He was a star. Uh, he was he had very many moments with his incredible dunks. He was great at basketball, and now he's still he's still here and he's still putting in good minutes for the Grizzlies and still shooting, um, pinching where they need him. It's a uh, it's Vince Carter. Did you say pinching where they need I him? I did. That was an accident. Okay, interesting. Or is that like pitching like in. like baseball pinch? That's a weird. Even pitching in is even a weird. Oh, pinching in. I thought you just meant like pinching people, like kind of like maybe Jason Terry distracting J.R. Smith style <laughs> pinching. Oh man, I didn't even think about Jason Terry. Okay, so actually Vince... no, I have to say this now. <laughs> Dario Saric had this incredible uh, moment where he where he blocked two consecutive shots which is not his game at all, and his team got real hyped, and everybody's yelling, and Joel Embiid just came up behind him, and Joel Embiid was on the bench this time, and just like cupped both of his butt cheeks real hard, <laughs> um, and yeah, that was that was great. That's everything I want in basketball. Your pick, of... Court. Um, I have I have a lot of names here, and I'm not <laughs> sure which ones you have. Um... I have 10, so you, I'll be good. I know, but I want to pick like the best ones, and so I want okay. to get some of yours out. I'm going to do a little bit of a maybe a slightly preemptive pick uh, based on his current status, but we've talked about him. Or we had a little segment on him earlier. I'm going to pick Carmelo Anthony He's a good for my pick. Falling Stars Challenge because uh, I went to a couple of the games in the season where they traded for him, and like they had the whole you know they rolled out the red carpet for him. They had that Alicia Keys song like "Welcome to New York" and like uh also the the coming home like coming home coming home that sort of deal mm -hmm. and like just all sorts of stuff come you know and now they're just gonna kick him to the curb uh phil jackson you know 
and he and it, it, his his star has kind of pa- he won a lot of uh, Olympic gold medals. Good for him. But as far as like NBA success has gone, he hasn't quite had it. I think that's a great pick. I had him on my list. I think uh, he's a classic example of what we're talking about. Um, and I actually thought about him taking first. Um, my next pick is going to be at point guard, Rajon Rondo. He had a. He really was great on those Celtics teams for a little while. Super athletic, good passer, good rebound. Uh, I think he's probably always been overrated as a defensive player, but he had the he had the the athleticism at least. And yeah, the bo- the bottom has just really fallen out for him. He went to the Kings, which is for a veteran a sign that you're probably about to be done playing basketball. And then had a bat. Well, he racked up a lot of assists, but they were kind of empty stats last year. Now he's with the Bulls, which is a terrible fit. And recently he called out Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler. So chances are I would not be surprised. <clears throat> they probably There's probably no other team that wants him, but I would not be surprised even if he was cut or bought out or something because it is not looking good in Chicago. And that is why I picked him to be my point guard for my falling stars team. Hey, John, even if Ray picked you for his falling stars, if you're listening to this podcast... If you ever want to play Giant Connect 4, I have yes. a Giant Connect 4. I know you're a fan of Connect 4. Just going to put that out there. Um, I think that's a good pick, Ray. I did not have him on my list. Kind of wish I did. Well, you know, other than the fact that now I couldn't pick him. Uh, I'm also going to take a point guard. Uh, we're gonna. I'm going to dip into this already. The um, There's a new... How is it pitched exactly? Roger Mason Jr., Wahoo Wah created this sort of three-on-three basketball league yeah. uh and this might cut a little a little close to the heart here ray but i'm gonna take alan iverson uh, for my falling okay. stars challenge um alan iverson has not played in the league for a while because he is in the hall of fame <laughs> by virtue of being eligible for so i think i think court's bending the rules but who am i to regulate court you know i'm anti-regulation so i think uh I, I I'm on this. I'm on this, I support the pick. I mean, yeah. I like that. I like <laughs> in this new league that he is going to be a player coach. Okay. Um, and I'm sure the the quality of this basketball is like not going to be good, but I'm kind of fascinated to see Allen Iverson player coach in a three on three league with a bunch of old guys. Yeah, and uh, you know, this is not to. He obviously was an incredible player. He's in the Hall of Fame, and like some of the other guys are like you know like Shaq's like being an announcer or whatever and that's maybe more the traditional route after you're retired is to like do normal stuff yeah uh like that but uh, he's gonna be in the three on three league i think that's awesome uh i love ai bubba chuck um so yeah that's my that's my second pick there all right i am going to next i'm gonna go ahead and pick I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I feel like I've got more guards than bigs on here, so I'll go ahead and grab a guard, uh, a big rather. I'm gonna pick Joe Noah, New York Knicks. Ooh. Um, he, uh, he, he. So yeah, he's really bad at basketball now. Um, he really did. He really was a great player. He was a great defensive center. Um, and he was never particularly good at offense, but he could actually like pass a little bit and get out of the way and and dunk, which is. If you're a really good defensive center, uh, that can work for you. Um, the Knicks gave him 
what was uh, thought of at the time by most people a bad contract for four years and $72 million this offseason. Um, and at least folks thought he might have been a decent player at the beginning of the contract like this year. Uh, but he has been pretty terrible. And uh, that that looks that looks bad for them. It's probably not going to be good. So yeah, he's um, was he defensive player of the year? If he wasn't, then he was at least in contention. I would th- I think he probably was on yeah. one of those on that like that Derrick Rose MVP team. Right. Um, <laughs> Speaking of another potential, yeah, I'm not going to go there though. I already got my. Uh, I got my point guard there, I, but I will go in a dangerous direction get, considering my knowledge of this player's status and considering <laughs> sort of the sadness of uh, the status. I'm going to take Bosch. I'm going to take Chris Bosch oh, okay. for my falling oh. stars, Honestly, which no, I really don't know what is going on right now. Uh, I haven't kept up with it, but he had, you know, that weird blood clot stuff and like this medical clearance and then like sort of fights with the heat about whether he was going to get cleared or not. Uh, I, you probably could give a better explanation, possibly. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I mean, I think he he fits this for sure. He was he was actually Bosch is one is I think very underrated. He is really really good. Like he's, I think he's probably like, I think you could make an argument he's a better career than Carmelo, and I, I think most people like wouldn't think about it like that. But right. Um, and yeah, yeah, he's had these blood clots, and it seems like the medical opinion is that he just shouldn't play basketball again i think it's the kind of thing that could lead to like sudden trauma and potentially be life-threatening yeah um but he has argued to play the heat basically said no you can't play um and i think publicly they've said that's because of health concerns that seems right but also they stand to like save a lot of money um uh because he has a like a long-term contract it's the weird it's weird way the seller cat works if he doesn't play this whole year they can kind of like be free of a lot of it. I think they might still have to pay him, but they would like, I don't know, insurance would cover it or they would get more salary cap space. Right. So anyhow, it's, it's a tricky thing. I think he's like switched agents to try to play and maybe he'll still try to play and maybe like he will be cleared at some point, but it seems most likely that he's probably done. Right. So. And, and in this pick, I want to give a caveat of like, you know, I wish like the most important thing for me here is like his health. Like I, yeah. I hope that he stays safe. Yeah. No matter what happens. Uh, yeah. And honestly, it's probably, um, he's probably, for, I mean, he's had a, he had a long career. He played yeah. really well. He won championships and he's probably fortunate that like, you know, he's gotten good medical attention on this like very serious issue and it's right. a bummer that, that, it, that he has it, but. Yeah, it's um, it's if you have extra attention being paid to you medically because you're an NBA player, it's uh, you're gonna have better outcomes yeah. or stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, and he just he does seem like a, a funny guy in general too. Yeah, uh, and was featured in an, <laughs> a cartoon called "The Adventures of Christopher Bosch in the Multiverse," which if you've never seen, I highly recommend. Yes, Jillian uh, Mayer, I believe. Um, so back to Ray for his fourth pick. I am going to go ahead and pick a forward. Um, near and dear to my heart, Evan Turner. Oh um, yeah. He, I'm, I'm going to put his star potential more in like his, in college. He was really, really good, and um, he was highly thought of coming into the draft. And he. What number pick was he? Number two. 
That is right. Deuce. Um, and he, yeah, he just never, um, he's never been a great player. He had a, he was on the Sixers. Um, he, he did, he did put up a lot of stats. He's kind of decent at a bunch of things, but not really that great at anything. Um, he had a nice little year for the Celtics last year and then Portland paid him way too much money and he's been pretty bad this year. Um, so I think he's, um. But uh, he's got a. I he's got a. He he seems like a, a. He's funny on Twitter. I'll give him that. He's so, funny on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um. He seems to keep it real, you know. Do we, we maybe we should do next episode. We should do a, a Twitter falling stars challenge, like people mm. that used to be funny on Twitter but aren't anymore. Mm. <coughs> Andrew Morissette. Uh. <laughs> burn, burn. He's gonna tweet at you real hard. Yeah, one. he better better uh <laughs> all right evan turner that is a great pick i did not have him on my list um which is good because now my list is getting a little little out there uh, <laughs> i'm <laughs> i think i'm gonna i'm gonna also do a guard for my team uh i'm gonna do nick swaggy p young ah oh, nick young okay. um who as far as like star goes uh maybe had more of like he had his moments of sort of swagger, as you know, evidenced by his nickname. Also had some bizarre sort of off the court incidents. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I and I don't have I, I don't have the details right in my mind to say them right now, um, but they involved cell phone recordings. He yeah. He was the the victim. He was. <laughs> yeah, and I and I situation that's hard to talk about maybe just say the facts he i guess was bragging or talking about uh being physically intimate with people other than his significant other and um some other player d'angelo russell shared this in some format via social media he recorded it maybe and and shared it and um that got nick young in trouble was he dating iggy azalea at the time yeah, that sounds right actually. Okay. Um and uh and then anyhow, there was a big backlash because it was like the guy who shared the audio broke this bro code. Yeah, uh, it was a bunch of silliness. Of, yeah. Of, all that's yeah. Um, and and Swaggy P maybe had sort sort of this uh you know, he he had the swagger of like being a productive player in the like the shooting sense, like he was a good shooter or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think if if stars, if you're a star based on how you think about yourself, then Nick Young was a star. Yes, I think he thought like actually, I think he would be like in the top ten if it's just about how you identify. Yeah, um, like Kobe and him probably. I don't know who else would be up there. Allen Allen Iverson would be up there. Yeah. Um. He, but as far as like, if you put the the fraction together, if you like divided how good you actually were by how you thought you were, then Allen Iverson would come like, you know, more on a normal level, and would probably yes. be on like a weird level with some guys who are like bad and think they're bad. Yeah, like Omar Ashik is probably <laughs> on that yeah. level in some weird way. Like, yeah, or like Matt Bonner. <laughs> you know, Matt Bonner probably thinks he's worse than he is. Yeah, even though he's not that good. <laughs> 
So yeah, Swaggy P also uh, had some like relevance, I think, in that Robbie Colby uh, got a nickname from wasn't Shaggy Bob based on the nickname Swaggy P. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> Shaggy Bob. Um, and then yeah, now no longer making funny nicknames based on his weird nickname. So his his star has fallen. Yeah, Nick Young. Um. All right, Ray, your final pick. This is uh, pick. the rest. So your draft so far, you've been, really been hiding your strategy well. I, I'm really torn on this one. Um, I'm a little, I'm good, you know, okay. So I've got Rajon Rondo at the point guard, Vince Carter at the two, um, Joe Noah at center. I think I'm going to play Evan Turner at power forward. Yeah. We're going to be a little, we're going to be a little small. And I'm going to take back to the Bulls, Dwayne Wade, play him wow. out of position at three. Um, and we're, yeah, we're going to be a switchy team. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, uh, yeah, he's just not that good at basketball anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's okay. I think, I think actually, I think he could have a, re- I think he could have a role on a good team like um, the, like, Second ball handler off the bench, guy who can get to the lane. He's like super crafty, um, but he's not really playing defense anymore. He still can't shoot. He's not as like fast as he used to be, and his game was really based on his explosive, uh, yeah, his explosiveness and athleticism, and so that's kind of fading. And now he doesn't have the things like shooting to fall back on. So I'm putting him in the falling stars uh, round out my team. Um, and yeah, I hope things just get better in Chicago. It's a kind of a sad, just, it's just not a, they're not an aesthetically pleasing team to watch. They don't have a lot of shooting and Jimmy Butler's really good and just Wade doesn't really fit with that. Maybe if they staggered them and I don't know, there's probably a way to do it, but, um, that's my team. A solid final pick. Thank you. Um, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. (laughs) I might be kind of embarrassed to uh share some of the other names on here as far as i i will say one of the names on here is dwight powell uh which is really really stretching the definition of star (laughs) um but for my final pick i'm also gonna go i'm also gonna go Um, I'm also going to go with someone who stretches the definition of star as basketball sense goes. Um, and maybe his, his, you know, popular culture stardom has fallen off a a while ago as well, but I'm going to go with Chris Humphreys. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Oh, that's Um, good. No, I like that. And I'm also going to do this because, uh, I feel like as far as like controversial Twitter figures, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian and Kanye who he, you know, he was tied to Kim Kardashian have also been eclipsed recently not going to go too far into that but as far as like sort of general like stupid twitter outrage chris humphries has has his star has fallen as far yeah. as like popular consciousness yeah. uh and according to basketballreference.com he still plays uh, he does i saw him uh he's on the hawks right yeah he's on the hawks yeah i was um, like oh i was at the game he's like that's chris humphries and so doing? he rounds out my lineup my lineup is is gonna be super small because uh, <laughs> Bosch and Humphreys in the front court. Uh, Mello there playing the three. Nick Young at shooting guard, obviously. Allen Iverson as the point. Uh, going to okay. be hard. Uh, going to be a lot Honestly, of shooting there. I think this could be a good... If Bosch 
could play. Honestly, your team is probably better than mine, even though Iverson <laughs> is probably <laughs> Iverson would probably be pretty. <laughs> it would be interesting to see. I guess actually, no matter how good your team is, Iverson will probably shoot most of the shots. So, <laughs> so it might not really matter. The, um, just watching Iverson, Nick Young, and Melo try to like work together in that sense. Yeah, I mean the the, be, the fact that Chris Bosh can be like that shoot, you know, his yeah. efficiency is totally wasted on this. Like, <laughs> yeah, he would just have to stand in the corner on offense and like hope the ball squirts out that way sometimes, you know. And, I think weirdly, like Chris Humphreys might be more valuable than Noah. <laughs> like, maybe yeah. just. I mean, he could just get rebounds. Yeah, and get rebounds, dude. So those are our teams. We'll give a quick uh, total. Ray has Vince Carter, Ray John Rondo, Joakim Noah, Evan Turner, Dwayne Wade. Court has Carmelo Anthony, Ellen Iverson, Chris Bosh, Nick Young, and Chris Humphreys. Uh, we leave it to you, the listener, who is the most important. The listener is the most important part of this podcast. Without you, we would be nothing. I, I uh, think. Um, I think. In, to send in your votes, I would recommend you do it by mail um, and that you include a box top um, with your vote. That's going to be required for us to accept it. Like a you know, box top for education box yes. top? Yes. How did, yeah, and we'll talk about that later. I would like all my, all, I would, I want you to write my name if you're voting for me. You write my name and these players' names and just please send it to uh senator bill cassidy's <laughs> office in metairie uh <laughs> i haven't gotten a response kevin gotten a response from him yet but yeah, i think I not either it would add a lot of context uh to me as a constituent if he had a bunch of people from out of state sending him these basketball players names and my name to him yes uh actually yeah the real way to do it is to tweet at either ray or i probably with your picks uh, yeah and next podcast since we have continuity over episodes, we'll reveal which of us uh, was popularly voted the uh, uh, Falling that, Stars Challenge. Assuming that we've received at least one total vote. I right. don't know if we'll... I think we just might ignore it if, no, if we get zero votes. If we get zero votes, we'll assume that all the Expos fans in the world have voted for us. Um, <laughs> so maybe that little call out there will inspire some of you to actually vote here. Um We've had, uh, I've had a lovely evening, Ray. Yeah, this wasn't great. it. Uh, to steal, it. <laughs> it's a Groucho Marx joke. Greg Seaver loves that one. Uh, <laughs> this is a good podcast. Yeah. Um, I think that wraps up all we wanted to talk about. You have any closing thoughts for us? Um, I don't.